Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders, people who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. our architectural sport design uh, experience that said wouldn't it be great if you actually combine those two with golf with action sport made it more fun loud shorter compressed but still all the best elements of golf and then as we do we ordered a couple more beers and we got some napkins and some pins <laughs> as architects and started sketching this thing out over a couple hours Hey Grinders, for a limited time, I am opening back up my lines and offering all of you listening an opportunity to book a free 15-minute call with me. There's only uh, a few rules to this, um, one being just be as detailed as possible when you do book the call about what you are looking to speak with me about. Um, and number two, if you're looking to be a guest on the show, there's no need to book the call. Please just email me with your information and we can take it from there. Um, but really look forward to booking the call. You're going to see the link in the description of this podcast. I look forward to speaking with you. Happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome back to The Daily Grind. I am super excited to bring you an amazing guest today. He is a golf innovator, urban surf park developer, entrepreneurship junkie. His name is Mr. Colin Weston. Colin's passion is to reimagine sport to make the experience more compelling, engaging, relevant, and shareable for fans, athletes, and brand sponsors. As a founding partner, asset developer, and experienced designer of Reviver Sport Entertainment, Colin loves being part of the community building process. Building a vibrant community around the future of golf is his inspiration for creating and hosting the Mod Golf Podcast. Colin also supports the Canadian entrepreneurship and innovation ecosystem and is the co-founder and community leader of Startup Vancouver. Everyone, today's episode is uh, absolutely amazing. You're going to love it. As always, be sure to grab that notepad, grab a pen, sit back, and really dive deep in today's episode with Mr. Colin Weston. Enjoy. Well, Colin Weston, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? Colin Morgan, I am doing just fine, sir. So I will not forget your name. Yours is an easy one to remember. I will not forget your first name. Of course. When we got introduced, that was the that was the first thing I said is that he's got to come on my show. He's got a great name. He's going to be a great guy, and you subsequently are a great guy. So that's great. Absolutely. <laughs> little aside there with your last name also. Little, little aside. You can cut this out or keep it as if you want. When we were looking for names for our son, he's fourteen now. Yeah. And I came up with certain names, and I forget what they they were, but some our last name being Weston, just like your name being Morgan. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple of the first names ended in N, in my wife actually said, you know, I don't like that because with the last name Weston, it sounds kind of sing-songy. And I said to her, <laughs> you mean like Colin? <laughs> She's like, oops. So there you go. There's my little name story. Now we can go on. Love it. Well, uh, Colin, for listeners out there, people on the show being first introduced to you today, if you wouldn't mind just kind of, you know, talking a little bit more of who you are and what it is that you do. 
Absolutely, Colin. Well, I also host a podcast in the golf entrepreneurship and innovation space called the Mod Golf Podcast, where I speak with the innovators and influencers, entrepreneurs and disruption disruptors that are shaping the future of golf. So I've been doing that for about a year and a half, about Love 60 it. episodes in. And very quickly, that came out of all the amazing people that we met if five years or six years in the golf innovation, sport innovation space with our company, Revive sport entertainment. Uh, we'll dig down into that a little more. And that really came out of my 20 plus years as an architect, wow. working primarily in sport architecture at the Olympic game level, Pan Am games in Toronto and elsewhere, uh, world championship races. So not only the stadiums and the, and the venues, but also if you want to call it user experience or UX for sports, as far as the, all the experiential touch points across the journey for the fans, for the players, for the officials, for security, everybody involved. So that was a natural progression for our entrepreneurial aha moment six years ago that we'll dig into in a minute yeah absolutely and let's might as well might as well jump right into it like what was your first sort of um interaction or what was your first experience with entrepreneurship how did this come about for you yeah great question so i over the years i've dipped my toe in entrepreneurship we won't go back to the what i did when i was five years old type of thing but even as an architect <laughs> I, I did create my own studio. So even in the 1990s, so showing my age now, that <laughs> just when uh, uh, 3D modeling and 3D CAD programs and architecture were really uh, becoming a thing in its infancy, I really got into that. I loved making models, like physical models in architecture school. Yeah. And, uh, and before that, so it was kind of my thing. Uh, so it was a natural progression. I became very good at that. And in the, it, so in the late 90s and then uh, up until about 2008, I had my own uh, design studio, animation studio on the side that I had creating architectural 3D models, animations, photorealistic renderings, and doing that. So I was very entrepreneurial in that sense, but uh, not like the type of things you and I are doing now. It wasn't really yeah. taking that big leap of solving a, a problem uh, or a solution to a, to a problem something else so it wasn't that big entrepreneurial leap but it was definitely uh uh let's say my training ground of t testing uh testing the waters there in entrepreneurship got you and then so for you it's kind of like a natural progression of how this happened right like when you decided that you wanted to jump into something on your own was that a moment for you or was it sort of a progression where you were in a job and then you sort of found yourself starting something on the side it was, it was a combination of both, Colin, actually. Taking me back about six years ago, uh, the architectural firm I was at, so it was an international firm. I was working on lots of large projects in the sport and healthcare uh, infrastructure uh, space. And to be honest, the last year I was trying to really push entrepreneurship within this firm. And this mm -hmm. is a large American firm that will remain unnamed. Uh, <laughs> offices all over the world, staff of over 2,000 people. And I was really trying to push uh, the entrepreneurship and innovation side. And I just got nowhere. And to be honest, uh, I became really disengaged. And I, so that was, it was, that was a negative experience uh, the last year I was there. But then, as with all entrepreneurs, you have this aha moment. You actually see an opportunity most likely based on your experience and your passion that yep. you have in some area and you see a pain point. And with us, 
Uh, we saw this with us, I say, my business partner with our company, Reviver Sport Entertainment, even though the company wasn't formed at that time. Uh, we were in a sports bar and saw a January golf tournament going on and also a, a Red Bull action sport event going on at the same time. Without getting into the, the big the backstory to that, ultimately using our architectural sport design uh, experience just said wouldn't it be great if you actually combine those two with golf with action sport made it more fun loud shorter compressed but still all the best elements of golf and then as we do we ordered a couple more beers and we got some napkins and some pins <laughs> as architects and started sketching this thing out over a couple hours uh and then the next day we realized, hey, this is a really great idea. But as most ideas, Colin, as you know, 99.9% of the effort is the execution and delivering on something. But, yeah. what, but what, we, what we did really early on, we thought maybe this is just a cool idea that we had. But then not being in the golf industry at all at that time started to just research and due diligence on where the golf industry was. So this is 2013, okay. give or take. Yep. And that's when I realized, holy smokes, the golf industry is on the decline. 20% of golfers in North America have left the game. Huge. Uh, that's over 5 million people. Courses are closing. Equipment sales are down. So all of a sudden we realized what we had created, this action sport meets Coachella Music Festival with a bit of a Cirque du Soleil, bring it to the people vibe to it. <laughs> uh would, would resonate with a younger audience as kind of a, an entry level to to golf to help grow the game. So that was our, our response with what we called ripped links yeah. that we're moving forward with still to this day. And it's very exciting of the path of entrepreneurship of how it's not a straight line and how of uh, that we've gone on, di on different tangents and different opportunities. But still that that opportunity with ripped links is still presenting itself and has never been uh, the opportunity has never been better in 2019 to actually make that happen, which we are in the next while with the partners we're putting together. But ultimately, that was the the starting point, that aha moment that, in a way, we're kind of, I wouldn't say we were reluctant entrepreneurs, but once again, disengaged in where I was in my career architecturally, even though I needed that foundation of 20 years, as did my business partner, to have that as part of our secret sauce uh, that differentiates us and allows us to do all the things that we do in the golf innovation and board innovation space, but it was part kind of disengagement with also an opportunity. So combining those two things at the right time, we finally had the courage to say, you know what, we're just going to go for this and we're going to explore this over the next year and then really step off the cliff after we did that to uh, have the courage uh, to uh, to uh, pursue our, our, our entrepreneurial journey. And, and you know what, that really, that's what it takes. It takes courage because oftentimes it's scary and, you know, it's, it's really exciting what you're doing specifically with golf, because as we, and I'm sure you see this as well, Colin, like as we move into this social world, people want things faster. And unfortunately with sports, like it's not evolving at that pace. And with sports like golf and baseball, they're sort of falling in the way, the wayside because, not a lot of people have, you know, four or five hours to sit down and play a sport or watch a sport and it'd be really slow. Like we like speed. So when you kind of take golf, which is a, such a great game and you modernize it like you're doing, um, it really is not only revolutionizing golf, but I think that it's going to be a stepping stone into all sports, I think. Uh, Colin, 100%, absolutely. And mm -hmm. kind of the, the to reverse engineer all this, when we were doing our research for Ripplinks, rather than we didn't start with a blank piece of paper and saying, what should we create here just randomly? Obviously, we, we, we needed to observe 
what uh, how people socialize, what uh, what resonates with people, especially a younger audience, yeah. and also looking outside of golf. Once again, I make the joke that ignorance is one of our superpowers because I was never in the golf industry, so I didn't have to extract myself out of that mindset because I was never in it in the first place. Yep. So what we did, we looked across orthogonally across other industries, off of across other businesses, and especially across other sports. And some of the great examples we looked at as validators are, there was three real examples that have actually compressed the gameplay, made it more engaging, and now it's really taken off. And the first one is cricket. I'm Canadian mm. like you, so I didn't know too much about cricket. My business partner is Australian, so he can talk about cricket of all course, day. Of course, yeah. But cricket essentially, as for over a hundred years or the history of cricket was these five day test matches, which yeah. I kid around with my, when I present down in the States, I said, well, just to give you a, ra a frame of reference, that's like a 45 minute or 45 inning baseball game over five days that if it ends in a tie, everybody's cool with that. And everybody's <laughs> like, well, that sounds, that sounds terrible. And, I and they're said, well, fired up to watch it too. It kind of is right. Mm -hmm. I said, so what they did is they compressed that down into a one day, about four or five hour event and called 50 overs cricket. Mm -hmm. And now what they've done, the next progression that happened about 15, almost yeah, about 15 years ago, they compressed that down into what's called 2020 cricket. And they brought in uh, consultants from the NBA, from the NFL, and they cr created this event. They realized two, two and a half hours is that sweet spot for fans to watch, whether it's live, whether it's on site, and then for people to engage as far as a sport. So now there's a league called the IPL, the Indian Premier League, that's been around for close to, I guess, eight or seven or eight years, maybe okay. nine years. And it now has almost half a billion rabid fans that are very active on social media. And they have eight or nine teams, and this thing has just exploded. And what's happened, and this is what we saw as a validator calling for golf, is it what they've done with cricket, this new style is this gateway. It's like this entry level for, for non-cricket fans, non-customers, if you will. Hmm. And now they've onboarded as a gateway and whereas the old guard with cricket, all the gatekeepers were, they thought, oh, you're disparaging the game. You're being disrespectful with this new format. Uh, in fact, the, and you're going to erode the quality of the game and the fan base. And in fact, the exact opposite has happened. As you can imagine, as people, uh, they, they like this new form. Of course. And then it's like, well, if I like this, not everybody's going to come through that funnel. But then you get a good chunk of them. Then it's like, well, I love that format with, with this 2020 cricket. Now I'm going to watch uh, full cricket or traditional cricket. And so cricket has never been more popular and healthy than it is now. And other sports, uh, very quickly, rugby with rugby sevens, they've compressed that yep. down from 15 aside to 80 minutes down to seven aside, the name rugby sevens to two 14 minute halves. They've realized that having it team based and these tournaments that go really fast and, uh, People love it, and that's worked. Beach volleyball is compared to traditional indoor, six players aside, another great validator also. So we've taken elements from those three sports, from Cirque du Soleil, from Coachella Music Festival, from other elements, other happenings and experiences that people love, taking the best elements of golf, combining that all into a new format, and that's what we've done. I love it. And it's so funny, right? Like I think a couple of weeks ago was the event out in Arizona, the waste management. And that's always the most popular golf event. Everyone's so excited. But it's the like, why aren't more people doing that? Like it's just, and, it's mind blowing. 
It's a, a great uh, a great insight there, Colin. And, and in fact, for people that are in the golf industry that understand or, or know golf and they know the, the Phoenix Open, the 16th hole stadium that they have where people are yeah. screaming, you can boo when there's a bad shot. The players walk in like they're gladiators entering the, the Coliseum. It's got, <laughs> this, it's got this thing that doesn't exist anywhere else in golf. And as you said, it is the highest uh, uh, attendance of any golf tournament in the world. Yeah. I think on the Saturday, the biggest day, they, they average about 200,000 people. That's insane. And, uh, and it's just amazing. So what we tell people that understand golf or they know of that tournament, we say with Rip Links, it's like the 16th hole in the Phoenix Open on steroids all the time. I love it. Say, I get it. And we take it to the people. That's the thing. Just like with any uh, solution, the most part, one of the pain points and whatever it could be. Uh, it, not just in, in golf, what, it could be in finance, it could be in, in legal services, whatever it could be. What are one of the pain points, the main one? It's convenience. Yes. You want a frictionless experience. So one of the problems with golf, of course, especially for uh, people that haven't been welcome or made to feel invited or welcome, whether that's uh, ethnic communities, uh, women, younger people, uh, all these groups that traditionally are not attracted to golf, I'm going to say it like myself, middle-aged white guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, uh, that one of the major barriers is you physically have to get to a golf course. And some people, so if you're in an, an, an inner city kid growing up with not a lot of money, it's, it's forget it. It just doesn't align with, with anything that you can even relate to or actually access financially or, or physically. And it's, it's stale. Like, and I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for, I love golf, but I'm the first one to admit that it's stale. And I think that a lot of it has to do with maybe the older generation, but for some reason with golf, people have this sense of, you know, we've been doing it the same way for years and this is the tradition and these are the rules and I'm the complete opposite. So I love what you're doing. And then fast forward year and a half ago, what made you want to start the mod golf podcast? Uh, great question. Well, as an entrepreneur, once again, uh, I see gaps and opportunities. I know you're going to ask this question later. One of the books that I could recommend or, or you know, things that inspire me. And one right out of the gate with Rip Links is a book called Blue Ocean Strategy. So a business methodology uh, that we've adopted and I promote now. Love and it. I actually work as a practitioner. And quite simply for your listeners out there, Blue Ocean Strategy is the the metaphor of creating value, creating new business opportunities, unlocking new markets in the uncontested blue ocean uh, of business as compared to the bloodied red ocean of competition where you're fighting over the scraps, it's race to the bottom, it's all about price or driving that down or adding more features and not charging more for those and that trade-off that you have. So once again with Rip Links, what we did is, is a very quick thing kind of blue ocean 101 what you actually do to create new value in whatever industry it could be to create something that's new is you need to eliminate the things that are either the most expensive or everybody says in your industry well that's just the way we do it that's what we compete on rather than thinking well should we be doing that is that adding value is that what people want is that what non-customers or refusing customers of our industry want right now mm. and then other ones you reduce that you still need but uh, maybe the, you know, they don't need them quite as much other aspects you raise and then the final one which is the most critical one is and Cirque du Soleil did this as compared to the traditional uh, circus industry to create new value and new customers. Uh, and, and that is to create 
new elements that that industry never competed on and never saw before. And in the golf industry, one that we use as an example, and we've actually worked with them and good friends with them, is Top Golf. Yeah. And in the states, which is coming to Canada uh, in the next little while too. Oh, and is what that is that official now? It, well, yeah, Cineplex has the licensing rights oh, I love it. to that, but a year and a half ago they got that. They're still working out. I can't say too much because we're in conversation with them, yeah. but absolutely. They're, they're going to be coming to Toronto, uh, the GTA, and also to Greater Vancouver that's amazing. as the first two places. What the timing is and where that's going to be, that still is to be determined, but, uh, yeah. but absolutely. But very quickly with that, they were not going after the 20 million, 25 million recreational golfers that play 18 holes on a golf course. Yeah, sure, some of those people love to come over and, and enjoy Top Golf, but they realized the the incredible opportunity, a much larger market was once again those that blue ocean notion of non-golfers, refusing golfers, perhaps soon to be golfers, want to, but all those pain points of too intimidating, too expensive, True. I don't have clubs, it takes too long, it's kind of stuffy. Uh, yeah, it's really intimidating. They've eliminated all those. And we know for a fact of the over 10 million customers that Topgolf had last year at their 40 locations in the States, almost half of them identify as non-golfers, as in never picked up a club before and play less than two rounds a year. Wow. Yeah. And that's a bit, that's, that's what grows the game, stuff like that, right? hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and they've really reached that tipping point now that golf is on board, the traditional old guard of golf, which to be honest, at the beginning, up until a couple of years ago, uh, they dismissed Top Golf and yeah. thought them as being somehow competitive, very much like that example I gave with the kind of the gatekeepers of cricket as compared to the newer, shorter format. Uh, but now they've realized Top Golf, because Top Golf has been around for about 20 years. It's just become, like I said, it's got that traction over the last couple that they've really exploded, that it's got into that, yeah, the, the, the public consciousness outside of traditional golf that people know about it. Yeah, totally. So one thing I want to kind of dive into for you as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of people listening who are wanting to get started in business maybe they're just getting started and you know for you you spent years working in a sort of a more of a corporate setting and then you jumped into entrepreneurship when you made that transition what was the hardest part of that transition for you the hardest part of the transition was i'll, I'll be honest with you is ha wanting to go real fast and yeah. not having necessarily the the financial foundation hmm. to do that so yeah. living that that uh, that bootstrapping entrepreneurial dream as far as you know extending lines of, of credit and doing things before you actually have any traction uh which is very stressful which is why entrepreneurship is hard uh so looking back i'm not saying i would have done it differently uh I d it is tricky. There's there's no one size fits all. And in fact, one of the other things I do we haven't talked about yet, Colin, is and this is more of the volunteer, community building side of what I do. I'm involved with an organization called Startup Canada, which okay. is yeah. which we are the voice for the over two million entrepreneurs in Canada. And I'm also the co-founder and community leader of our local chapter here in Vancouver called Startup Vancouver. Awesome. So with that, I I work with. Uh, entrepreneurs that are just starting their journey. Some people are what we actually call pre-startup. They have ideas, uh, but don't know how to unlock those, or they may not even have an idea yet. Like me, for many, many years, I had that entrepreneurial itch, but of I course. didn't 
quite know how to, where to go and the resources and, and the connectivity and the mentorship of how to actually unlock that. So I found for me at the beginning, six years ago when we started our entrepreneurial journey at that sports bar, it may as well have been 60 years ago as compared to all <laughs> of the incubators and accelerators and pitch nights and, and resources and great people that are out there to help. So as yeah. far as myself wanting to give back and be part of something that's bigger than myself, that's why I volunteer as a, as a community community leader. And I've met so such amazing people uh, ac across my experience working with that, which also with the podcast is the same reason. You asked the question, I didn't quite finish answering that, but the short answer was I created that podcast because no one was actually talking, having these stories. I listened to podcasts more on the yeah. entrepreneurship, business leadership, future of this and that, really great storytelling. Even though I grew up as a jock and I love sports, I don't listen to any sports podcasts. So I just, two summers ago, I did a very simple iTunes search on golf and there's hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. And then I just put in entrepreneurship golf, future golf, innovation golf, and there was zero. Yeah. I'm thinking, holy smokes, I know some of these amazing people that I've had the pleasure of meeting over the last five years. Yes, Rip Links, we haven't quite got to where we thought we were going to be, but we've done all these amazing things with other groups like Top Golf as validation to help move us forward. And I figured I know all these amazing people. Someone should tell these entrepreneurship and innovation stories. And I figured maybe I should do that and yeah. treated it like an experiment and treated it like a startup. And that's that was the start of uh, of that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, all those things that you're talking about relate so much into business. And, you know, for you, when you go through that sort of bootstrapping phase and even in the phase you're in now, like what are some things that help you on a daily basis kind of stay positive and stay motivated? Because, you know, just as well as I do, you wake up, you want certain things, as you mentioned, to be, you want things to be progressing faster. But a lot of times you have to be patient. What are some things you do to stay positive? Yeah, the thing that really keeps me going is once again entrepreneurship, and you're you're living that dream also, Colin. It's it's hard, and you have good days and you have bad days. No I'm doubt, sure you're the same. That some no days, doubt. even though I'm I'm a confident guy, and you are also, and we've got experience now. But you occasionally will have, well, at least I will speak for myself here, I still have those occasional freak out more moments where it's like, <laughs> this is the dumbest idea ever. What am I doing here? Yeah. I, is this totally self-absorbed? You know, I have a family. Am I letting them down? Should I be doing this? And then you kind of wake up the next day or you, you, know, you know, take a deep breath and go, no, it's all good. It's all good. No, this is this is this is working. Uh, but what keeps me going is the amazing people that I've met and the and the opportunity that we have to once again be part of something that's bigger than ourselves but to contribute to something to actually do something positive in whatever little way that is to make the world a better place without sounding too cliche mm -hmm. and sport has and golf especially has that unbelievable ability to do that as far as the charitable and that philanthropic aspect and what we do even though we haven't fully un unleashed on the world the uh, the sport properties and activations whether it's rip links or what we're doing in the surf park uh, realm that we can also talk about later if you want but ultimately having that ability uh, for social impact, to give back, to touch communities that may not have opportunities uh, to engage with each other or welcome groups that are diverse and being inclusive. And that's what really keeps me going. And the people that I've met that, that if I didn't do the podcast and if I didn't get involved as a volunteer with Startup Canada, 
I would never have a reason to talk to these amazing human beings and have these conversations and just grow and, uh, and, and see the world through a different lens through these people, through their ex- diverse experience. It sounds to me like you put a lot of emphasis on surrounding yourself with kind of like-minded people who are in the game. Cause it's tough, right? When you're trying to do something and then you speak to people who aren't entrepreneurs, like even with what you're doing in Vancouver and startup Canada, was that something that you learned or is that something you just innately did right off the start when you started an entrepreneurship was know that, you know, let's find other people, let's create this community of like-minded people around us to help. I, I certainly had to learn that. Mm-hmm. I think once again, getting into the, into mentorship and people that I saw doing great things and just emulating what they were doing, the success they, they were having, the connectivity and having those traits, you know, those entrepreneurial traits that I saw that people that were successful as community builders and leaders uh, and also as entrepreneurs and seeing that not only are they tenacious and they have grit, absolutely you need to have that, but really understanding the power of empathy and gratitude. Yes. Uh, along with resilience. And I know a lot of people throw those terms around, but I think those five alone, curiosity, grit, empathy, gratitude, tenacity, and resilience. Oops, that's six, not five. But (laughs) that really encapsulates how I try to live my life and the foundation that I want to build the culture of our business with Reviver Sport Entertainment, with the people that we touch, and what we do on the podcast and what I do in the community building space also is I build our team with Startup Vancouver. Yeah. Out of those six traits, what's the most important for you? Like what's, what's, what's one of those six traits where you're like, if I could pick one of these and double down on that, I would pick that. Ooh, tough choice. But I would, gosh, I would have to say to be really successful, the entrepreneurs I've seen, that have really crushed it, they're all, their level, their empathy quotient is very, very high. Hmm. The fact they really care, they really listen, and they really put themselves in that position. And also for whether it's a product experience or service that you're developing based on assumptions that you think there's a target market for that, really getting out of the building and having conversations with people and observing them. And that's that layer of empathy Then imagining, well, if I was them myself as a middle-aged white guy, you know, what would that experience be like for someone that is different? Let's say for a 22 year old African American woman that is looking to get into golf. Yeah. and those conversations that I'm having with people of the 60 episodes that I've done, as far as mentorship, I consider I now have 60 mentors. I'm the and same I way. Really, sincerely believe that, that I've yeah. learned something from every single one of them. There's always been at least one golden nugget. And a lot of them I stay in touch with. Most of them I'm friends with now. And they're the biggest ambassadors uh, of what I'm doing to help grow that network and build those relationships. But I, yeah, I have 60 mentors now that I never had before. So it's a very kind of organic and formal type of mentorship rather than that old school. I'm older than you. I must have this, these decades of wisdom that I can now, uh, share with you rather than that's nonsense. I have people half my age that I learn. They're amazing. They're, 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 they're subject matter, subject matter experts in whatever space or they inspire in whatever area that is that they're passionate about and that is that is true mentorship it has nothing to do with age 
at all as far as being able to be a mentor and a mentee. I completely agree with that. I mean, to be honest, Colin, that's why I started with five days a week. Like just selfishly, I'm like, I can I can get to a thousand quicker than than anybody. So let's just get there. Right. And I think that I learned that through golf and I learned that in sports growing up and failing in entrepreneurship is the more support you have, the more people you can learn from, the more you can learn from their mistakes. I mean, it just exponentially accelerates you. And when you get better, the business gets better, relationships get better, everything gets better, right? Uh, absolutely. And I will yeah. say, Colin, I am in, completely in awe of the uh, the amount of content that you produce. <laughs> and it's not qu- – a lot of people produce qu- uh, quantity, but you produce quantity. And uh, and hopefully this conversation lives up to that. I'll do my best. For but, sure. Uh, but joking aside, that it's – what you do, well, first it makes me look like a complete slacker, but <laughs> it it it's it really is inspiring. Also, what you do, and I've before even having this conversation, the bit that we've talked to know each other, I've taken a couple of things that I know that you do, and applied that already to what to what I'm doing to focus better on what we're doing. As far as let's say, I don't believe in. Uh, New Year's resolutions hmm. or even totally. goals. I believe and it takes it back from the kind of bit of the yoga that I've done over the years and that set an intention for that class or whatever yes. that can be. So I set intentions now and the intentions I've set three words, focus, because sometimes you and I know we have all these opportunities coming that sometimes you have to say no to people, which yep. you may have that fear of missing out or disappointing them or even saying no to yourself, which is hard sometimes. But if you do a lot of things, you'll just do things slowly and probably in a mediocre way. So focusing, uh, then being able to automate, whether it's the podcast or other things that we're doing, doing those tools, and that will allow us to scale. So focus, automate, scale is my, what I've set my 2019 intention agenda. Love it. Those three words. Yeah. Love it. Love those. And for you, Colin, like one of the last questions here, I love asking people like yourself, say you had the chance to go back in time and speak to, let's say like a 20 year old Colin. Okay. And not necessarily change anything, but just offer your young self a piece of advice or piece of guidance for you. I'm wondering what that is. Right. Actually, that's a great question because I do have an answer for that. Uh, when I was 20, still in architecture school, Mm -hmm. Uh, I was, how could I just define myself? I was a self-doubting perfectionist and procrastinator. And when you cross a perfectionist and a procrastinator, you're, you're asking for trouble. <laughs> so I was one of those ones that would, it would never be in my mind good enough, uh, or start too late. Always starting anything, whether it's your editing, your podcast episode or doing anything getting started is the hard part. Once you're actually 50% done and then it flows. Cause you, as you know, yeah. kind of get, getting that, that through the procrastination pipeline, if you will. Uh, so yes, being a perfectionist and a procrastinator, I would be those one, that person that always handed things in two days late. I'd lose two, two letter grades and I'd always end up getting a B minus rather than an A plus. Mm. Uh, so looking back now, uh, this idea and Seth Godin, uh, on his podcast and what he does in the, in the entrepreneurship space, he talks about this, about shipping it, uh, with Eric Rees with the lean startup, this notion of you need to get a minimum viable product out there. So all these things I've learned over the years and also things I've had to unlearn over the years too, that that notion of just of good enough is good enough. Yeah. And you need to get it out there and realize that shipping it. I think Zuckerberg said perfection is the enemy of done or something like that. And I agree with that completely. You know, otherwise that a good friend of ours who introduced us, 
uh, Edwin Frondozo, he started his podcast a little bit before I did. And I would have been in that same boat. We would not be having this conversation. I may be sitting around having a beer or a coffee with someone right now talking about, yeah, I've got this idea for this golf <laughs> innovation entrepreneurship podcast. Yeah, I should really do this thing. Or they're getting disgruntled. Oh, that person, they've done that. I was going to do that. It's exactly. like, yeah, well, you should have done that. But Edwin, as also as a mentor, he did. he forced me to stretch. He basically pushed me. I wouldn't say he shamed me or gave me a hard time, but he basically said, Colin, dude, just, just freaking do it. Just, you know what? Yeah. Just do it. He was already about a month into, into uh, the Business Leadership Podcast at that time, and he's doing a great job there. And he just said, you know what? Just do it. So I did treat that just as an experiment, as I mentioned. I said, okay, I'm going to do 12 episodes a 12 episode season. I've got four guests lined up that said, yeah, you know what, Colin, love what you're doing. Let's just do it. So I figured if I really suck at this or there's only 12 golf entrepreneurship stories or no one's listening, it's like, yeah, well, look at it as an experiment. Learn something. 100%. It's, it's not a failure. Get rid of that stigma. That's still in the school system. That's another podcast we can do all together on on, <laughs> the, on the on the uh, the stigma of failure in Western culture or just in culture in general. Yeah. And and just say you know what and just do that and maybe it would be something bigger. Maybe it would be a sport innovation podcast. Maybe it spins out to something else. Or maybe we just I just leave that and said that ah, was an experiment. I learned something. Move on. Hundred percent. But it did. And here we are, sixty episodes in, and here here you are also just growing and uh, and evolving. And uh, and getting better every single day. So yeah, that that would be I guess that that would be my answer. The fact that I am a little more self-aware that I've I've shed that skin of being a self-doubting perfectionist and procrastinator. Yeah, that I think that a lot of people listening can um, sort of understand that because everyone's gone through it. I know I've gone through it. And taking any direction, even though it may be the worst direction, is better than taking no direction. Like, it's better than not doing anything. Because at least you learn and you can grow and it may spin off, just like you said. So I think that's an awesome piece of advice. Um, Colin, we went through, I feel like the time flew here. Um, we could keep going. But for people who want to connect, reach out, learn more about you, where's the best place that they can go? Oh, great. Thanks. Well, best place with the podcast, if uh, after you've listened to every single one of Colin Morgan's episodes, if you're <laughs> curious about the Mod Golf podcast, the easiest way to find us is well, either on iTunes, Mod Golf Podcast, or uh, on our website, mod.golf. Have all the episodes there. Got some great entrepreneurial stories, a lot of them about uh, inclusion and diversity, a lot of very interesting people on there. Uh, if you want to reach out to me also, I know in the show notes, you're going to include the bio for me also. You can, you can reach out to me at Colin at modgolfpodcast.com if you want to email me. Uh, and also we're on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and on LinkedIn also. You can get a hold of me there. Um, but yeah, probably the best way, if you actually go through, I'll just leave it very simple. If you just go through www.mod.golf, you can also email me there. And I'll tell you what, I talked about Blue Ocean Strategy. If anybody's interested in that, since I do partner with them, I have a few copies of the book. If you email me through the Mod Golf Podcast website, I will send you, I have two of them, I'll send two of your lucky listeners a copy of Blue Ocean Shift, which is their their newest book on Blue Ocean Strategy. I How's love that? it. I love it. Well, if you're up early listening to this episode, then you're doing it right because you're going to be able to snag those copies of the book there. Um, <laughs> everyone, mod.golf. Um, also visit the Mod Golf Podcast. He's doing absolutely amazing things. Maybe when you come through the daily grind here, an episode doesn't really 
hit you, go and visit my golf podcast. Um, he shared with you an email address. As I always said, anyone he can provide you with an email address. Be sure that when you reach out, be very concise of what you're looking for. Colin will help you in so many different ways, but offer him something in return and it will really create a relationship there for you all. And I'll share all the social links, best ways to connect with Colin. Um, now, Colin, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is I'm going to give you the floor and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that we can all go home with today. Ah, uh, okay. Let me think. Okay. I was just talking to a bunch of young, let's say new entrepreneurs about this the other day. And we talked about courage and having the courage to to take that leap. So what I talked to them, because whether it's a speaking engagement or doing podcasting, whatever you're doing, you, you have that fear. So the one thing we need to remember is fear is not a weakness. If you have some fear or some trepidation, that is not being weak. That is being human. Hmm. That shows your humanity. So embrace that. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. Love it. And and you know what? Let that let that fear just flow through you and just let that turn into excitement and anticipation. Love it. And as you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today setting intentions. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the amazing Colin Weston. Colin, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show here with us today. Colin, it is my pleasure. This has been great, and I can't wait to get you on the Mod Golf Podcast in a few months' time. That'll be that'll be a great conversation, too. I look forward to it. The pleasure was all mine. And everyone, if you like today's episode, you found value in it. If you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Drop us a comment. Let us know what you liked and share this out with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.